Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. Gotham City, welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 69. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to BOF and clicking that drop-down tab. Uh, There's tons of uh, shows, Gotham Outsiders, uh, Micah renamed his show to something pronounceable, it's Raimi Review now, Uh, Batman Book Club. Uh, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition, uh, this show, Straight Outta Gotham, and of course, the flagship uh, Batman on Film podcast. So check that stuff out. Great stuff all around. I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Vera, and today we're recording on March 19th, 2022, St. Joseph's Day. Uh, it's, it's a day about a saint who's not celebrated for being a drunk. As always, we have a great show for you today, but before we get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, that if you take the time to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air. You have entered to win the uh, Strata Gotham prize pack. So you got to be in it to win it. Uh, so get those reviews in. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime. The man who won a record 15 consecutive Beth Page Potato Sack Racing Championships. Our favorite spud and a fellow Batman on film contributor. Ladies and gentlemen, the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman. Hello there, Peter. Hello there, world. Hello there, everybody. How are you? I'm okay. I'm, you know, gearing up for the, the potato sack race. It's training season, so mm-hmm. you know, trying to. Do you to... put weights in your sack? Wow, that's just a very weird comment. <laughs> uh, and this is also the 69th episode. Do with that what you will. Um, uh, but no, no weights in the sack. Um, although that might be a good idea. Just put some rocks down there. Just yeah, to, you know. You know? Weigh it down, get it, get more spring. Um, in this, that's a good idea. Get some spring in your sack. <laughs> I'm getting older too, so you could always use a little spring in the little sack. Pep when, in your step, spring in your sack. There you go. Yeah, you know, and uh, when you mid forties, it, it kind of you kind of need the help sometimes. So very, very, very cool. But I will, yeah, man, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll start doing that. Uh, you know, as you get older, it, it's harder to do the um. The, the stamina is, is more difficult. Sack up, Eric. You know, so yeah, it's definitely uh, got to sack up. And man, this episode's starting off weird. Anyway, yeah, so we're back, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed last week. We want to thank Reno again for popping on. Um, excellent, excellent episode. Wonderful and, accent. Yes, everyone finally got to hear what Reno sounds like. Uh, so we were, we brought him to you guys. We talk about him enough. We drop. We drop his name enough on the show. I almost feel like it's a disservice because he's almost better served as a mystery figure, like an <laughs> urban legend, kind of like the Batman himself. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but he like his unique perspective on especially these kinds of movies. And like I said, he nobody watched. I don't know anyone who knows more about like these types of films than him. Um, so seven uh all the th- the the detective style films so it was really good to have him on in his perspective because this obviously the batman is very much that kind of a film it's a very um intricate crime story mm-hmm. 
And uh, it's good to have somebody who actually, and that's actually kind of his, his line of work. He kind of does that kind of stuff for a living. So what serial killing <laughs> dude, no, stop it. <laughs> no, but he, that's just kind of in his field of, of work. So it's just awesome to have that kind of perspective. So once again, Reno, thanks for popping on. Uh, and maybe we'll do it again sometime. Hopefully we can get, there's other people who are, who want to be on the show too. Uh, so we have to kind of, we've got to get Eric Carter back on. We had technical difficulties and his episode is lost. It's the lost episode of straight out of Gotham. I still, we still have it. It's just, we owe him one. Yeah. It's still there. It's still technically there, but there was, um, a really, really bad lag on it. And, uh, even just moving a little bit of it, trying to time it, it was difficult to switch and get that done. So, but we should definitely have him back. And there's some other people who have asked, uh, to be on. So we'll we'll try and get everybody on again. I like bringing other people on the show, getting different perspectives uh, to this kind of uh, to our material that we talk about. It's you know it's a huge huge space. Fan fandom is huge. So getting other people on to share their their thoughts and to maybe introduce them into doing something like this. I'm always saying uh, the more people in this space, I think the better. Uh, so it, I mean we've had fun doing this, and it, it's definitely introduced us to other people. So. This has just been an awesome, awesome thing. All right. Enough with the love fest. Yes, Pete, you did bring up today is St. Joseph's Day that we are recording on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You like to tell me that St. Patrick was Italian, and I'm going to tell you that St. Joseph wasn't Italian. (laughs) Well, the pastries are. (laughs) That's true. That is the best thing about uh, St. Joseph's Day is those fabulous pastries. Man, I need to get some. Yeah. Did you? Do you have some? Do you, uh, did you... I, I had my um. Oh God damn! What the hell is it? I lost my. Uh... <laughs> I forgot. I'm, I'm tongue tied. What is it called? Which uh, one? The the cream puff things? Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Uh, the, it begins with an S. Now I'm uh, now I forget what it is. Oh, I pronounce. I forget how to pronounce it. I'm a bad Italian right now. No, you're not. <laughs> well, it's not. I know people usually have Zeppelis. That's it. The Zeppelis, one of them, but there's another one. Um, there's two different kinds. Oh, what's the other one called? I can't remember. I gotta look this up. Uh, hold on. Zeppelis is one. And hold on. Let's see. Oh, I know sh- the show shoe show is the dough that's used. Um. Hmm. I don't know. They're fantastic, though. That's no, the there best. are. They are just so damn good. Usually, they have either um, ricotta or um, some. Def- well, whatever you say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know managot ricotta. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so usually they have that stuff, and who doesn't love that stuff? I mean, that's just fantastic. So, I will probably go to some Italian bakery today and pick some up. Svinja. I think it's. There you I go. think that's how you pronounce it. Svinja. All right. So, yes, I definitely want to get get my hands on some. And, and I live in a town. I live in a town next to a very Italian town. So they have tons of Italian bakeries. So I will go there and get some today and, and enjoy them. Um, just like I enjoyed St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I love. I always thought it was really funny how they're both near each other. Like the, these two holidays are only two days apart. I'm actually going to have my corned beef today because I, I was working yesterday, so I couldn't have it. Nice. So, so, so that's my corned beef and cabbage dinner tonight. And I actually you, love uh, as much as I love making fun of I know. Irish people on St. Patrick's Day. I love corned beef. 
<laughs> it is good. It is good. I got a really good cut this year too. It was very lean. So I was very, very happy with the the corned beef that that I had on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird. Have you ever I, been to Cat's Deli, had their corned beef, their pastrami? I have. Oh, God. isn't it? It's, it's like the one thing I, I missed about it. It's a shame <laughs> Carnegie Deli closed, but at least Cat's is still open. Yeah, man. The... The sandwiches there are just ridiculous. Like they're so big. It's the uh, best matzo ball soup I've ever had. But yeah, that's another thing. Um, it's just and watching these guys make these sandwiches. If you've never been to Cat's Deli in New York, um, next time you're in, please go because uh, you're doing yourself a favor and cash only. Remember that. Yeah, <laughs> make sure that's you true. bring cash. Um, watching these guys cut this meat and put it on the like you've the the knife skills on these guys is insane. Like I. I've never seen anyone handle a knife the way a guy at Cat's Deli. It's it's unbelievable. It really is like just worth going there. Um, and the whole experience is wonderful. They give you a little ticket. You go, you go place your order. Somebody writes on the ticket. You know, you don't you pay when you leave. And again, like I said, it's cash only. Uh, it's just a phenomenal experience. Uh, one of the best eateries in the city. In the city. In the city, hands down. Uh, so I love it. I, I miss Cat's a lot. Yeah, man, that's you are one hundred percent correct. That place is one of the places you should visit, um, especially if you want an authentic New York sandwich. Uh, it's perfect, and they pile it high. It, it's yes. not; it's no joke. Like you, you get your money's worth. Yes, you definitely get your money. It is they, they the prices could be somewhat high, but you definitely get what you pay for, for. for the amount of meat you get. I don't, I mean, yes, it's just a, you could probably get. If you if you want to be like a normal person, you could probably get two extra slices of bread and cut the sandwich in half and split it between two people. <laughs> you, you definitely could, maybe. Yeah, you could buy buy some extra rye bread. Yeah, go outside and then slap it on and, and have it have it your uh, split it up into two because it is so big, so and good, so good. It yeah. really is. It's fantastic. And like you said, Carnegie's not around anymore. Sad, but that place it, is still isn't around. That like just oh, it just breaks your heart, like. I never in my life thought Carnegie Deli would close. And that happened before the pandemic. I know. It was like two years before. I know. I Yeah. The, the rents got too high and they just couldn't afford it anymore. It's such a shame because it's such a staple of uh, of New York City. It was. There is a Carnegie Deli inside of Madison Square Garden though. I don't know if it's in honor of or if it if it's, you know, just the last, you know, if they opened up one. But there is a Carnegie Deli in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, there is. And they uh, and make it, legitimate sandwiches as well. Like it, as far as stadium food goes, again, bang for your buck, the best sandwich you get in the building. I have to say, since the renovations uh, to the garden, the food choices have gotten so much better. Daily um, burgers, still great. Yep. It's really fantastic. So I know, guys, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but uh, it's, it's what we do. That's what Pete and I do on this show. We just Talk we go off food. on these... Right, we talk about food. We both love food. We both like cooking. So sorry that you you're gonna get some of that. Yeah, my waistline proves it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't do it, Dallas. We didn't go try the pizza. We said we were gonna try the pizza. We didn't. We didn't uh, do that. I tried pizza at Seven Eleven after the <laughs> Mavericks game, waiting for an Uber. <laughs> that was. Just cool. I did try. There was a place called Mad Pie outside of the the arena. I went to uh, I went to the Mavs Warriors game, which was a great game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Luca went crazy. Um, and there's a place called Mad Pie, but they ran out of pizza. That's just unreal. That shocked me because I was like, this would never happen in New York. How do you I run know. out of pizza? Just keep making how, it. How does a pizza place run out of pizza? I was like, who's back there? Can I talk to, like, is Vinny here? Oh, 
Angelo? God. Is someone, anyone <laughs> here? Like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's just a supply chain issue and this is not something that happens regularly for them. Yeah. Cause I'm like, there are 25,000 people walking the streets right now and you ran out of food. Right. What's Unbelievable. <laughs> what is wrong with your business model? Oh God. So next time, next time we're in Texas, we'll have to make sure we get to a pizza place and, and we try their pizza and we'll go live with that. We, that'd be a fun one to go live with, I think. So that'll be in like uh, three years. Yeah. Right. That'll be in three years, but just to really quickly put it out there, it has been confirmed that the flash, the bat, the Batman on watch party for the flash will be in New York city. Uh, Pete and I are working on the details to try and finalize where we're going to have it and, uh, where we're going to hang out, where the watch party is going to be. But if you guys are listening, Batman on film fans, that is where the watch party will be for the flash. Again, it's now it's next summer. So um, I'm leaning towards doing it the same way we did for the TD anniversary. Night. Yeah, that was close. Gabbard's yeah. is really close to that. Uh, that I keep wanting to say AMC, uh, that I want to say Lowe's that AMC. Yep. And I, that's, I love that, that place. Gabbard's is really good. Yeah. They have uh, really good sliders. Yep, and their wings, they make the buffecue wings with the mm-hmm. mixture buffalo and barbecue sauce, and they're fantastic. So, mm-hmm. And it's a def- good drunk walk. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exactly. It's very close. Walk. Yeah, it's, it's very close to the theater. We're not going to be having to hop on subways to get there. Uh, so, yeah, that that's definitely a good spot. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll just decide there since we know it, and it's, it's fair, and hopefully it'll still be open next year. <laughs> uh, I checked. It is still open. I checked. So, it's not closed. It's one of the right. few places that made it through the pandemic. All right, so yeah, so guys, mark it on your calendars now. Uh, definitely, if you're going, to, if you're going to be coming, this is kind of a Pete and me and Pete um, ran event, so we will definitely be spearheading this one. It's going to be nice here. to go to a watch party and not have to spend money on a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that's for me and you. That's the good thing. Uh, there, I'm trying to think. That's the other thing I'm looking for: pr- proximity to hotels. But there's so many hotels in Manhattan. It's Manhattan. That, yeah, it's. I'm not, not worried about people finding a place to stay. So I know that's true. So definitely mark it on your calendars, guy. Uh, guys, next year, The Flash, will it'll be, we're not sure on the exact date yet, but it'll it, it be that opening weekend or around, obviously, the time um, when the movie comes out. Of course, for the return of Michael Keaton as Batman and to get an actual Flash movie, man. This is crazy. We're going to get a film of The Flash, which we have not had. Uh, so, yeah, it's, def- it's, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. You know, we've got 11, 11 seasons, I think, it is, 10 seasons of TV, including the CBS show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a few appearances in movies, uh, two Justice League films, one a cameo in Suicide Squad. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be fun to finally see a uh, feature film starring the Scarlet Speedster. Yes. It's going to be. And obviously, we know everything that's involved in it just from all what we know so far and what we've seen so far. We know that there's a lot. Uh, a lot going on uh, in that movie that will set up future things. So definitely looking forward to that film. Wow. 15 minutes in there. We haven't even started on the, the rundown yet. This is, this might be a record. <laughs> we again. Procrastinators. All right. I know, but no, we just, we, this was fun. We get good conversation flowing here. Oops. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to obviously now hit you with the rundown. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks because we were in Dallas. And then last week we had the Batman post show. We planned on getting some stuff in last week, but it was just way too much content on the Batman. So 
we're going to kind of hit hit a bunch of things. Um, sorry if it's a little dated, but we just want to get everything in and give our opinions on all of this. Sorry, so, not sorry. Exactly. So sorry, yes, but not sorry. All right. So let's start in the MCU and let's start with Daredevil. Um, now we know that there have been some reboot rumors. Um, there was a production listing and now we have rumors about um, a Daredevil reboot. Uh, obviously I was, I'm thinking it's going to still, um, star Charlie Cox. Uh, (laughs) I would think that's gotta be a given at this point, right? right? Since he was in Spider-Man and I don't think they did that on, uh, by accident. So that, and he's doing the press tour. Like he's going around talking about Daredevil everywhere he goes. So I, he's got to know something, right? Yeah. I definitely feel like we're getting, we're getting it. And I'm wondering, I'm still wondering how they're going to do it. Uh, obviously, we know Disney is, is a different vehicle than Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we know that Disney usually doesn't um, tries not to be too risque. And this, along with Deadpool, again, like I'm really, really wondering how they're going to go about it. Um, but Charlie Cox did have some interesting, interesting things to say about another Daredevil. And of course, I'm talking about Ben Affleck's um, Daredevil 2003 film, which fit. Which Pete, I know you enjoy. Uh, well, the director's cut, yeah, right. So, uh, Charlie Cox said he watched it once, and then he wants to go do his own thing, uh, which isn't exactly an endorsement, <laughs> a ring endorsement for the film. He says, "I don't love the movie. I feel like the movie tried to do too much, and it was a little tonally confused." Now, what do you think of that? What did you think of that? Uh, I mean, when I read the article, he made, <laughs> he said some interesting things. Cause he's like, right. Kingpin's there, Bullseye's there and Electra's there. I was like, yeah, it sounds like daredevil characters were in a daredevil movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of like, what did you, what else did you want? Um, it was interesting. The thing that really kind of bugged me about the whole interview with Cox was he said that Affleck suit sucks. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest with you. I like Affleck's suit way more than I like <laughs> Cox's suit. Cox's suit is too black. It's got all those black patches. He may have a better cowl, but like he doesn't even have like the logo, like traditionally like superheroes have logos on their chest. Like Cox doesn't have that at all. I got to give the suit to Affleck to be brutally honest with you. Um, I get what he's saying. I mean, even Affleck has kind of disowned Daredevil over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, It's not the greatest movie in the world, but you know, at a time when uh, we got like one CBM every seven years, (laughs) it's definitely like, (laughs) you're like, okay, this will do for now. Um, but, uh, you know, he has said in the past he does like what he had, like what Affleck did with Matt Murdock. He just didn't like what they were doing with Daredevil. And, you know, to each his own. I wonder which cut he watched. Did he watch theatrical or directors? We all know that everyone loves the director's cut these days So uh, of every movie. So um, it's interesting. I'm curious about that. But, uh, you know, he's not like totally wrong here, but uh, he's he's wrong about the suit. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an interesting comment, too. I, I always liked the suit that Affleck wore. Uh, And like you said, it is it is more, uh, I guess, comic book accurate than the Daredevil suit that Charlie Cox wears in the the series. So I I agree with you there. I I thought that was a very interesting comment. Um, Maybe he meant the fit of it. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he had to try it on before he became Daredevil for the TV show. They tried on the suit and he did like it. I don't know. Maybe everyone seems to wear Kilmer's suit for Batman tryouts. Right. (laughs) And there was only this suit before his. So I guess that was the one if they were going to try him out to do a screen test that that was the one they would use but i'm just happy that it seems like this is going forward and we're getting more of it because i love the show mm-hmm. uh, i'm just season two is wo- amazing yes and i'm just wondering how 
Um, like I said, I'm wondering how the tone is going to be and what they're going to do uh, with Disney now producing it. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting thing to he, see. Cox has stated he thinks they have to do it. It's got to be different, but it still can't be light and fluffy. Like he says, right. it's got to be dark. So again, like when we, you brought up Deadpool earlier, like that right. is another property. Well, there's just a lot of Fox properties in general that, you know, I know Daredevil isn't a Fox property, but it, you know, like alien is like, if we're going to talk about like other movies yep. that they bought because of the, of the buyouts and stuff like, you know, how does Disney pull this off? Because even while, even when they added the Netflix shows to Disney plus, there was kind of a bit of Karen rage because Disney's so family friendly, mm-hmm. you know? This is a company that likes to hide all their dirty laundry. You know, they they like to erase all the cigarettes out of Walt Disney's hands because they're afraid yeah. of their image getting tainted <laughs> for whatever reason. And uh, we, Walt Disney has a <laughs> a history of you know that, that you can search on the on the Google yourself. Yeah, but, um, there are other things I'd be more worried about with yeah. Walt Disney's history than his cigarette smoking. <laughs> but it's interesting, like you know, and it's it's like from what I've heard, like I haven't actually checked out Disney Plus yet because. Well, not yet, but recently since they've added, but like apparently the Netflix shows aren't part of like the MCU thing. They're part of like a different like uh, page or section of it. I, I haven't seen it personally, but I read that somewhere. So I thought that was interesting. Like they're trying to keep it separate. So maybe a kid doesn't stumble upon it. And uh, again, that's, you know, that's not really Disney's problem. I think that's up to the parents. You know, well, I like, can confirm. Watch what your kids watch. I can confirm because I just logged in the other day uh, that now they ask you to pick the kind of audience you are so now like if they have a mature audience option Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which obviously i picked because i'm the only one watching it and but now you get to choose that and it's for everyone who logs in after they made that change so when you log in the next time pete you're gonna see that uh that option interesting okay listed there so they are doing that and if that's how they handle it then then that's perfect you can just continue doing uh the the movies and the shows that were more uh, risque and the same way that you've done them before. Risque. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Luke Cage <laughs> just do his thing. <laughs> so yeah, we could continue with the, which is great because you can't do these characters, like you said, light and fluffy. One specifically you can't do, like I met, you mentioned, is Deadpool, of course. And Deadpool now has a director, uh, Sean mm-hmm. Levy, who has been collaborating recently with Ryan Reynolds on a bunch of um, projects, uh, including Free Guy and also The Atom Project, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard some pretty good things. So I'm going to actually take a look, take a look at it. Yeah, our, our favorite he, cinephiles, Nico and Zeddy, are raving about it. Yeah. So we'll, you know, we'll, I'll def- when I hear them, them, their take on something, I usually will watch it just so I could either agree or just totally make fun of them. So now I'm going to have another <laughs> I can't wait to disagree. <laughs> so this will be fun to do. Uh, and also this, the script writers on um, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who did the first two films are mm-hmm. back for Deadpool three as well. So we have, it seems like if the we have the same script writers, I'm assuming it's going to be the same style film. So that's all I cared about really. Yeah. I find it interesting that uh, two movies in two different directors who, you know, uh, you know, Tim Miller did Deadpool and then uh, Mr. Leach did uh, Deadpool too. Um, yep. Different styles, but the movies were both very good. I do think the first one's a little bit better than the second. It's just interesting how, you know, the change of directors sometimes can affect a film uh, yeah. or a franchise. And it doesn't really seem to have, 
affected Deadpool as much. Maybe Reynolds and these writers have a bit more control and the director is just literally directing. Um, He's not really in charge of story and stuff. I'm sure he has input. Um, But it's good to know that uh, Reynolds and uh, uh, what's his name? What's this director's name? Sean Levy. Sean Levy have history. Uh, Clearly uh, he's been picked, handpicked by Mr. Reynolds. So that's a good sign. They work together and they'll be on the same page. So uh, we'll see what happens, you know, because it's just, it's interesting because if you feel like after Deadpool 1, Miller and Reynolds were not on the same page. And I guess after Deadpool 2, Leach and Reynolds were not on the same page. Now Reynolds bring in, <laughs> brings in somebody who's he's been on the same page with for a while now. So uh, maybe the chemistry will make this third, uh, the third time the charm and make it the best of the bunch. I think with the Deadpool franchise, it's pretty much Ryan Reynolds' call on what happens since he really was the guy who spearheaded it even getting made. Uh, so it's yeah. I th- interesting under Feige now that he yeah. still seems to have this much control. Well, right? yeah. I mean, both movies obviously made a lot of money, so I don't think they want to mess with that formula. Uh, we know, uh, we always seem to bring up that word with Marvel formula. I guess when you have a winning formula, they, as they have proven, just stick with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously the last film, the second film added Cable with Josh Brolin and um, Domino, Domino, right? With um, Zazie Beats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, there's world building going on there. It's going to be interesting how this going forward, how it intertwines with the X-Men, if it does at all. Or uh, Doctor Strange for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. There's been rumors of that too. There's There have been people talking about we, that Ryan Reynolds is on the set <laughs> of Doctor Strange. So... Who knows where we're going with that? Uh, but I'm ha- I'm just happy that we're getting this movie and it's going to be the same style that it's been. Yeah, I'm kind of relieved to be honest with you. Yeah, I was I was that was one thing I was worried about uh, when Fox bought. I mean, when Mar- um, Disney bought over the got, bought Fox and got the, the franchise. Did yeah. you ever watch Once Upon a Time in Deadpool? It's like the PG-13 version of Deadpool too. I couldn't get through it. It's because, not the same. It's, no, it feels off. There's it just it feels weird. Yeah, it does. It's it's not Deadpool to me. Uh, and you know, this is one character. I feel like you have to be. It has to be done that way. You can't yeah. adjust it because then it's just not the character at all anymore. Uh, I think I'd rather watch X Men Origins. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Merc with a mouth for a reason. And if you take away the mouth, then what's the point? <laughs> so, uh, Beats you, know, me. you know, so if you do that, then what's the point? So you mentioned Dr. Strange and the director of Dr. Strange is, of course, one of our favorite directors. I think we both like this guy. Obviously, Sam Raimi did the Spider-Man mm-hmm. films. And recently uh, he was talking um, in an interview and he said he would like to do a Batman movie. Uh, well, uh, I think he's got to wait about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens after that. I was thinking this, though. What if now I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, after the Flash and when we get Keaton's Batman. But what if they did some kind of Batman title? Maybe not a Batman Batman movie, but like a movie with Batman kind of co-headlining. And Raimi did something like that with Keaton in the league. You mean like Batgirl? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's what Batgirl is. That's true. I guess you got to wait. I don't know. Like, it's it's that's a slippery slope because, like, you know, these Bad Boys directors did a great job on Bad Boys three. I think that was was it Bad Boys three? I forget what number they're on. Um, Yeah, it was three. 
you know, and if they knock out uh, Batgirl out of the park, like I think they're going to do, I'm not ready to take the movie out of their hands and give it to Sam Raimi just because he wants to do a Batman movie. I just, to me, this just feels like bad timing. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, it's a passion project. Like I'm sure he would love to do it. Like who doesn't love Batman? Um, and I'm sure he would do a great take on Batman, to be honest with you. I, I have full capability. Like, I, I'm sure he's full cap- fully capable of doing it. And I, I think his abilities are great, but you know, after coming off of the Batman, um, I'm all invested in what Mr. Reeves has in store for us. I can't wait to see the Batman too. But again, living in the moment, just the Batman's great. And, you know, I could have, would have, should have, I just, you know, I, while he could totally do it and knock it out of the park, I'm sure I just, uh, you know, it's, it's the farthest thing from anything I'm thinking about. Wouldn't he do a good job with something like the Batman who laughs? God, I would not. Well, I, I am not a fan of the Batman who laughs. <laughs> so that's something I do not want to see. I know that's a very popular character, but yeah, not for me. Uh, I just mean with his background. Like, I think that would be something I'd be good. At Sam doing. Raimi wants to do justice league dark. If he wants to do swamp thing, uh, Constantine Zatanna. I mean, even if he wants to do like a Dr. <laughs> Fate movie, a solo film, something like yes. that. Yeah, go for it. But uh, I just, right now, uh, between the people who are in charge of Batman and Batman-related media, I think we are in very good hands. Oh, no, I agree with you 100%. I'm just, I'm just out there thinking of titles or, or stories he could tell with his horror background and like what, what Batman titles would be good for him to do. And that was the first one that came to my head. So um, that was it. That and, was the you know, only reason again, Sandberg, Juan, Muccietti, guys with right. horror backgrounds are crushing it right now with DC. And I mean, we'll see what Muccietti has in store with The Flash, but like based on his filmography, I've, I fully believe he's going to knock it out of the park as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and did it. And, you know, Hamada loves his horror guys. So if he, if he, again, it's just about finding the right character. You know, maybe there's another character. But what if he wanted to do a Dead Man movie? I'd be down to see him do a Dead Man movie. Right. Something along those lines. Uh, that would be fantastic. But um, when it comes to Batman, I think we're good for the next decade. I really do. Yeah. He mentioned also the shadow. Um, yeah. And that's something that him you know? and Mr. Uslin have tried to do in the past. I think that right. would be a great idea uh, to bring that comic book movie uh, to, to the big screen. Uh, I would love it. Uh, maybe one day it'll happen. Uh, you know, if you listen to, I think it was the last Batman on film social hour with, with uh, Jet Lauer and Mr. U, they, they talk about the history of that. So there's, there's, there's something to that. And, uh, you know, again, anything within that kind of like spooky genre, I think you would nail. Yeah, I agree with you. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't, like you said, with everything going on with Batman now, obviously with Matt Reeves and then what's with, with what's going on with the flash, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for Raimi anytime soon, but, uh, we'll see. You never know. You, we can always look down, look down the road and, uh, speculate on what these guys might be able to do. And like, as you mentioned, with all these horror directors doing so well in the comic book space, you know, I'm sure. And we'll see again with um, Dr. Strange. So we'll see his work very all shortly. I know is I'm seeing the Batman for a third time today. And uh, so am I. <laughs> it's I, all that matters. I am as well. Yes, I am as well. I am seeing the Batman again today and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to, after Which the show, is- I'm going to detail my car and then I'm going to go watch the Batman. <laughs> That's my plan. I want to try. I'm trying to get that. The, I'm hoping my AMC has the popcorn cow. I haven't gotten one yet, so I'm hoping that they have If you can get one, it. will you buy me one and mail it to me, and I'll Venmo you? I will. I will. If I if they have if they have them, I will definitely get you one. Wonderful. And I will definitely send it to you because I'm not I know they're beat me on that. <laughs> I know they're really hard to get. 
They're going so, over like a hundred bucks on eBay. That's ridiculous. I know. I and I won't pay that. Uh, no, I don't need it that badly. I agree. But I'll pay for I the shipping not. and handling. <laughs> All right. So, a couple of some a really quick casting point. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, who's in Euphoria, she was also in um, White Lotus on HBO. She's been killing it on HBO lately with with her roles. Uh, she was just cast to op- to co-star opposite Dakota Johnson in Madam Web. Um, so we're going to be seeing her again soon. She's a fantastic young actress. I don't know if you watch Euphoria or if you've seen. White I just Lotus. watched the videos of Nico running down the street when he's uh, when he talks about her. So I yes. know she's legit. Yeah, so she's very, very talented, and I don't know who she's playing. Um, they don't say who she's playing in the movie, but unnamed is, character, right? Which is usual with our casting announcements when we bring them to you. We never know who they're playing, but adding another talented member to the Madam Web cast um, is nothing but good news. Like, I, I yeah, this is another one of those char- those one those things that they're really taking a chance on. I feel Sony and adding her to it is only going to help that. So it's, it's interesting kind of seeing this movie shape up. Um, we've got two leads. We still know really what it's about. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be traditional Madam web, you know, the, the, uh, the old woman in the chair, or it's going to be more of Nick Spencer's uh, more updated Madam web in the trench coat. So, uh, you know, to be determined, but you know, it, it's the Sony universe of Spider-Man characters is, uh, is, is coming to fruition. You know, we've, We've got two Venom films. Uh, we're gonna Morbius is on the way. Uh, this Madam Web film is being made, so it, it's interesting to see what properties are being picked up by Sony uh, as they make this, you know, Marvel uh, side universe thing they got going on. Um, uh, I'm interested to see and see what happens and what comes out of it. Yes, and like you mentioned, Morbius is coming up uh, very soon. It's coming next month, I believe. So in that same vein, of course, every time a movie comes out, the stars go on, start doing their press tour. And Jared Leto spoke to Variety about uh, Morbius and what it was like to play Morbius and and why he chose the role uh, at this point in his career. Um, He's been acting for 30 years and he says like he just feels like it was time for him to to helm this kind of a franchise. Normally, as we know. Jared Leto doesn't do these types of movies outside of the suicide, outside of suicide squad with the Joker um, and Zack Snyder's justice league. We really, he's not a franchise guy. He's always the guy who does the little indie films or he does the more artisan films as AMC likes to call them. Mm. Uh, So the article in variety, he talks about it. He also taught, they also ask him if he would come back as the Joker. And he says, sure. You never know. I, I highly doubt any actor would turn down work, right? Right. So that was another little interesting story, but it's cool how he talks about like the entertainment industry and he talks about uh, Marvel kind of buoying the fact that theaters are still open, which I thought was very, very uh, telling in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, because it's true. It seems if you can tell just by box office since the pandemic has been um, since the kind of tail end of the when they started reopening and since the pandemic has kind of still been been around, people only seem to go to the movies now for these big blockbuster films. Yeah. So for yeah. Fast and Furious, the Batman, Spider-Man, No Way Home, all kind of really kind of saved the movie industry, uh, the theater industry. Uh, 
I liked what Leto was saying about transformations and stuff, how he picked this character because of transformation. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, a very ill man. He turns into, you know, a super being. Uh, he says it's a, it's a different, he made sure it's, he's like, it's different from Peter Parker, Spider-Man that the uh, Michael Morby is turning into the vampire. And, you know, it, it was fascinating getting his take on things and just listening. He, of course, he obviously would be down to play the Joker again. And while I liked his Joker way more in Suicide Squad than I did in his cameo appearance, um, he, it's kind of interesting how he's the middleman, you know, between Heath and Joaquin. Uh, so he's almost at this point, kind of a forgotten Joker to be brutally honest with you. Um, which I feel like most people would want it that way. Um, <laughs> but you know, he mentioned, you know, he, he would be down f- uh, to do sequels with the movies ro- well received. He'd be down to fight Spider-Man and Venom. He, uh, he hasn't seen Venom too, but he says he's, he's looking forward to watching it. Uh, I, I hope he enjoys it more than I did. <laughs> I think we agree. It's not the best movie in the world. Uh, I enjoy Venom 1 way more than I enjoyed Venom 2, which is a shame because I think the cast for Venom 2 is spectacular. Um, but yeah, uh, just Jared Leto is a very interesting man. He also brought up a lot of stuff between about Russia and Ukraine and yeah. his time there at a concert, uh, you know, and how culture was just different. There's no customs and stuff. So it is fascinating on multiple levels for more than just movie news, just to, he's an interesting guy. He's really, really out there. So, yeah. and I know Reno loves him. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> Reno would appreciate reading this article and really digging deep into probably his second favorite Joker all time behind Jack Nicholson. Of course. Of course, he, I'm sure he he's probably read it already, and he's just waiting for to hear our take on it so he can talk to us about it. That's my yeah. that's my take. So I'm hoping in French he talks right. Reno likes to send me messages in French because he knows I don't know what he's saying. I think he's making fun of me. Right. Yeah. It takes us. You got to go to Google Translate real quick, and then just trying to figure out what he's saying. I got to talk to my buddy uh, Marty. No, we're obviously He'll translate we're just for me. But yeah, I think <laughs> this I. I was interested in Morbius from the first from the first trailer. I know a lot of people feel like it's, um, you know, like all oh, the trailer stings or it looks terrible. I really don't think so. And I I happen to like vampires anyway. Um, I'm into the vampire stuff, so I I know the character obviously, and I'm very interested to see that this take on him. So I'm really hoping it's a big big success for Morbius. Pete, what do you think? Uh, yeah, so like I was, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not looking forward to this movie because I'm just curious. Uh, I, I Again, like this whole Sony universe of Marvel characters, like it's just fascinating to me. Like, where's Spider-Man? <laughs> like, Mobius acknowledges Venom in the trailer. Is that, a, is that like a tongue-in-cheek joke? Like, are they actually going to interact? I don't really know. We know Keaton has a cameo role in this movie. So like, how does it all fit together? It's like this giant, just unput-together puzzle that I'm really looking forward to see unfold in front of my eyes. So. I have, as the Riddler would say in Batman Forever, too many questions. <laughs> you know? so, like, I just, I want to see it. And uh, I'm just curious. And uh, that's probably, curiosity is probably what's, you know, drawing me to this movie more than anything else. Um, and uh, because of the movie, I will say Morbius has been popping up in Spider-Man comics more, which is cool because I feel like I haven't seen him that much in the past few years in the comic book space. So I appreciate that. Um, he does have like I I'm I'm probably more familiar with Morbius from Spider-Man the animated series, and I don't remember him having wings. But in the re- most recent comic book I read, uh, Amazing Spider-Man like issue ninety, uh, he had these like little wings. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if Morbius will have wings in the movie. Um, right, he was a big plasma guy. 
in the animated series because they couldn't have him like suck blood. Um, and he did it through like the pores in his hands. So again, just Morbius has been kind of interpreted various ways. I'm interested to see what this live action portrayal looks like. And from what I have seen, when uh, Michael transforms into the living vampire, I think it looks good. Uh, you know, still kind of don't know what's going on, but uh, the little bit I've seen, I've been interested in, and uh, I think the CGI looks pretty decent. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I mean, it's just, it's weird. This is another one that's been pushed back a few times, so we're finally getting it next month. Oh, no, they changed the slate again. <laughs> it's been, it's just the way things have been, right? Because of the pandemic, and then. Uh, you know, just obviously moving properties around, timelines that need to be to be um, assured and kind of strengthened. I think they're doing this for those kinds of reasons. Uh, but yes, we're obviously getting Morbius coming next month. Now, I, it appears like Sony's building the villain world to kind of go eventually go against Spider-Man um, in some kind of form or fashion. And well, speaking- they've always been fascinated with a Sinister Six movie, right? And speaking of that, though. Uh, What's his name? Andrew Garfield was on Jimmy Fallon talking about uh, playing Spider-Man again, obviously. And they talked. he talked about recreating the meme with, with the three of them mm-hmm. pointing at each other. Uh, he, said, <laughs> he said that they that it was difficult because they stopped trying to compare each other's crotches, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, was, Sounds here. like Chris O'Donnell and George Clooney in Batman and Robin. Right. So I got that. And then he mentioned, they mentioned, would he play him again? And he said he would, as long as it services the character correctly and good service to the, to the, um, obviously to the character and to the, to the story that's being told. So what do you think, Pete? Do you think we might get these kind of sinister six kind of deal with all the Spider-Man returning? Do you think that's a possibility? Um, I am going to, I feel like I'm one of the few people who doesn't want this Peter one, two, three thing to become like uh old hat. Like I kind of want no way home to stand on its own and be like something special. Right. Like I don't want them to go to the well too often here. Um, if anything, like I'd appreciate more cameos at the end of Spider-Man movies, like them sitting on top of a building, eating pizza and just talking it's just something uh-huh. like that. Um, but I, I do think, I mean, I think Sony is, uh, this is going to be kind of, like I said earlier, like they've always been fascinated with the Sinister Six. They were going to try to do that movie years ago with Garfield Spider-Man. Um, and maybe they're kind of taking that Marvel approach of let's do these, all these solo movies to build up these villains. And then we'll get a big evil team up. Like maybe they're just kind of doing the opposite side of that coin. Right. Um, but it, I, I don't know. I, I'm I've moved on from Garfield Spider Man. While it was cute to see him in No Way Home, I'm I'm you know that's that's happened. He had a shot. He had two movies. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get a third. But um, you know, I can always revisit those films and enjoy them for what they are. But uh, I'm I'm really interested in Tom Holland in the future. And that goes same thing for Toby in Spider Man Four. Like uh, I, he has his trilogy. I, I appreciate it for what it is. But I've moved on, and right. uh, you know. I'll be ready when the next Spider-Man happens, uh, whether it's Tom Holland, who I believe is in contract negotiations for future installments, or if it's somebody else, I will, I'll just be ready to embrace that. But, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's something cool to think about, but I think that's more along the lines of like, you know, rose colored glasses fans where they just kind of get a little too eager, you know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I'm not sure I'd want him to come back in that kind of a, a fashion, 
um, maybe get the long awaited third movie for him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen, but who knows going forward? I just, you're right. It's something special about no way home that you kind of just want to keep in that, in that, um, in that bottle and just kind of cork it and put it away and leave mm-hmm. it on the shelf and go back to it when there's a, you know, you're down and you're down on Spider-Man. You can it's watch like, that. I, I even glorious. feel like his, his version of Peter Parker, Spider-Man in no way home is different than he played it in his two movies. Like he seems so jittery and caffeinated in no way home. I was like, this doesn't feel like the same character to me. It feels very different. Um, I don't know if that's just supposedly if the cool kids like to say, well, that's the arc. He's grown. He's changed. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't see that. <laughs> like I just, he pops up out of this portal and all of a sudden he's shaking his hands all the time. Um, so it's interesting. It's probably actually Garfield stuff is probably some of my least favorite stuff in no way home to be brutally honest. Um, I, so I, I don't know, like, again, like I'm just kind of done with that era. Yeah. I, I, again, whatever they decide to do, of course I'll go and I'll see and I'll watch because Spider-Man is just an awesome character, mm-hmm. but I, I'm with you. I would much rather just keep that on the shelf. I don't want Toby coming back again. It was a very, very cool thing. They pulled it off. It was great. But uh, yeah, we're in a new era with this with Tom Holland as Spider Man, and I really, really, really like his Spider Man. So I'd like to see more movies with him. And I say this as someone who doesn't like love and rave about MCU Spider Man. Like I'm still willing to give this Tom Holland version of Spider Man a, a fair shot here. Like I'm still willing to see what they can do. And like I've again, like there's no real Oscorp or Osborns in this MCU version. So I'm, I'm very curious, like, well, what are you guys doing? What are you guys coming up with? Like, what's the future have in store for us? Right. And that's kind of like, you know, like live in the moment. Like I said about the Batman, like, okay, this is where we're at. Like, show me what you got. Give me the best thing you possibly can do. And I can judge that from there. Like, you know, I'm, I'm long gone. Am I done with like, you know, quote, uh, to use a jet term, banging the drum to try to get like, you know, uh, a more comic accurate Spider-Man. I'm, I'm just like, okay, this is what you guys are giving me. I'm going to judge this for what I have. And then when right. you guys give me the next thing, I'll judge that as well. Like I, I just sometimes fandom on Twitter, especially can just be so exhausting. Cause it's like, wow, you guys just, you always want like the next shiny toy. You're never happy with what's in front of you. And as someone who critic can have some criticism on this version of Spider-Man, like I'm still like, all right, let me see. Let's see what you got. You know, right. that's just kind of like my take on it. Right. No, you're right. Like it, it's time. We have this version now. This is the one we're getting. So let's just see the, how it progresses going forward. And let's keep that other one. Let's keep what No Way Home was as mm. what it was and, and the specialness of it. If they continue on, it, it kind of loses some of that. Yeah. So. Because it's I like, think- you know, well, I dug BVS, like I that movie caused a chain reaction, which led us to the Batman and like, okay, well that was cool, but I like what you gave me here. And while I didn't like, I, you know, like I liked homecoming, I didn't like far from Spider-Man and I really enjoyed no way home. So it's like, I'll just, I'll take what you give me and I'll judge that upon itself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can adapt with the studio as they try to do this stuff. And if I like something, I'll say, I like it. If I don't, I won't, if I have a gripe, I can mention it, but like, you know, Again, just just kind of just living within the in the times, and like I don't know if that's because like we're older fanboys, Eric, and we've just kind of experienced this for years. Like you know, we mentioned earlier about Daredevil, like you know, the one point we got like one CBM a decade, right? <laughs> you know, like now you yeah. get like at least four a year, three streaming shows. You got one entire network in the CW dedicated. Like I was like, yeah, we're spoiled. 
So it's like, it's hard for me to complain about anything when it's like, all right, let me put on the CW I got on today and what superhero shows on or, oh, Peacemaker, I can rewatch that. And that's barely over. The Batman's been out for two weeks. Let me love that thing some more. So, right. And No Way Home's still in theaters. Like I could yes. still go see that. So it's like, sure. If you, whatever you guys want to decide in your, in your office with your suits and your ties, you guys have fun figuring out the business end. I'm going to be in the theater. I'm going to be sitting on my couch watching what you're giving me and i'm going to enjoy that yeah there's a whole segment of segment of fandom right now that doesn't know what it's like not to have superhero movies not to have this genre there's a huge segment of fandom that doesn't remember what it was like before um when like you said we got one every 10 or we got three in the matter of four year five years and then Mm -hmm. we didn't get one for another you know six or seven years like people don't realize how special this time is and the genre hung on the hinges of the current movie that was coming out like right batman and robin killed it blade saved it you know <laughs> spider-man then we got spider-man and x-men, x-men right but then you, you know there's but then you get like spider-man 3 and you're like oh god okay what's going on there yeah. you know it, it's you know things were always hanging in the balance and now it's like okay this movie stunk well, guess what? In four months, you're getting a shiny new toy. You yep. get a movie and you get a movie and you yep. get a streaming show. Like, it's like, right. You guys, and you're yes. spoiled. And we, I think obviously a huge, huge, huge credit to Marvel for that because they've been so successful. And I really think that that's, you know, they've obviously been the the flag bearer for this period of, of superhero films. And because most of their stuff have been, I like them all, but they've been very watchable and people have liked them. We're continuing to get more and well, more. Well, just all studios in general, like Paramount never gave up on Transformers. They kept making right. Transformers. Movies. Yep. Fox could have gave up on X-Men after how many times, how many bad X-Men movies? Well, you got, you got X3, you well, got X3. Origins, you've got even Dark Phoenix. Well, well, again, they sold off, but like they could have, they could have sh- closed up shop. Warner Brothers could have said, all right, we're going to take a 10, we're going to take another 10 year break from Batman. You know, like that's it. Yeah, we're going ta- to take a break. Instead, they had the Batman in the works since 2017. So like kudos for them for plugging along and chugging because they could have easily said, you know what? Way of the Western, it had its day, but they keep they keep going, and uh, you know they don't owe this to us. But the fact that they keep doing it, I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Like we we say all the time, this is a glorious time to be a fan of this stuff because we're getting all this content. It's and just it's going to stop at some point. It just oh, it will. will. It will. It just will. It definitely will. You're 100 percent correct. It's going to end at some point, and then people will realize what it's like not to have these things coming. So, all right. So we talked about vampires. Let's talk a little about zombies and the resident evil series that's coming from Netflix. Now there was a movie that came out a couple months ago, right? Last summer or whatever, a couple months ago. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Did you see it? Um, I made a movie. No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen that yet, but um, we're getting this Netflix series and the showrunner, Andrew Dabb, who did Supernatural, which you mentioned from the CW. <laughs> so he says it's he promises to redefine the legendary horror franchise. It's set in the year 2036. It picks up 14 years after the deadly virus calls the global cop- apocalypse, which I think for us now we look at differently. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a little different. Um, and Jade Wesker as if you, and if you know the series, if you know the games, I love the video games. So the Weskers are are um, Albert Wesker. Obviously, is the guy who started the whole thing. Um, and we're getting him 
in this as well. So I'm going to let me read off the cast real quick. Lance Reddick. You guys know him if you see him. And if you don't know him by name, if you saw him, you'd know who he is. Ella Belinska, who was in Charlie's Angels. Um, Tamara Smart. Sienna Ogdong, Adeline Rudolph and Paula Nunez are the cast members for the show. So it's coming. Uh, I'm interested in it because, again, I'm a fan of the video games. I love the franchise. So I liked some of the movies, not all the movies. So, uh, Pete, what do you think this Netflix show and the boldness of the showrunner? Yeah, I appreciate he's got uh, he's got some big cojones there. Um, You know, the Paul W.S. Anderson movies are kind of they peak in Valley like some are better than others. They're not like great movies. Um, They're more of inspired by Resident Evil than actually adaptations of Resident Evil. So I'm hoping that this is more faithful to what the game is um you know that version of resident evil centered around alice and everything and there's no real alice in resident evil yes um but like you know a lot of stuff like umbrella and like some of the and some of the zombies and the monsters were very uh very accurate uh so i'm interested in seeing that like i just again like hoping for something more faithful um you know while the anderson movies pulled characters from the game that look like the game uh, the things are a lot different. So I just, I kind of just want something a little bit more closer to what I'm used to, but I'm very excited for this. Uh, you know, I love zombies. I got to catch up on walking dead. I'm a season behind. So uh, more zombies, the better, if you ask me. Yeah. So again, I, I'm interested too. I'm very, very, uh, as a fan of the franchise and the games, it does seem like it's going more based on the, the video game story with the way have, including the Weskers in it. Uh, they are part of the video game series. So it's definitely seem, I don't know if we're getting the red fields at any time, but, uh, that would be co- a cool little thing to throw in as well. Uh, but yeah, again, this is something I feel like they keep trying to redo this with resident evil. So I'm hoping that they get it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> And they do this this series proud because Netflix is can be very hit or miss. Uh, I just watched Don't Look Up and uh, that movie was terrible. And it was a Netflix movie with all these great actors in it. Um, I didn't like it at all. Gets me so, pumped uh, for Rebel Moon. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Rebel Moon, of course, is coming. Uh, the funny thing Star about those Wars. Resident Evil movies are like, again, that that's a studio just kept chugging along. You know, I forgot who actually made them, but like they could have stopped right. after like two. I think they made like nine. <laughs> that is, a, you're right. That's a perfect example of them continuing with something. They just kept going, kept going. Yeah. They made a lot. They made a decent amount of money. I think for their budget. I think they uh, obviously that's why like people went to go see them and they weren't like critically acclaimed and you know, but people paid the money. I, I you know, people love zombies. That's really what it comes down to. It's true zombies i thought we were through with the zombie stuff and we're not it just keeps on coming so give me more i like the zombie stuff so i'm in and let's i'll give this definitely give us a try and hopefully it's a hit mm-hmm. something else that's coming uh in two forms we're getting it in television and in video game form is gotham knights right we're getting a gotham knights show on the cw and we're getting a gotham knights video game which we now have a release date for. So we're going to be getting it on October 25th. And for people who like complaining about delays, this was delayed too. It was. <laughs> You're 100% correct. It was delayed. So uh, complain away. Yeah, it was first revealed at Fandom in 2020. Um, and then we also got the Suicide Squad game at that time, which also got delayed until that's coming out next year now. Damn you, WB Gaming. You're so <laughs> incompetent. 
<laughs> so we're getting, but we are getting this. This is con- a confirmed date, October 25th, 2022. We will be getting to play as Nightwing and Tindrake's Robin and Red Hood and Batgirl. And it looks awesome. So the story is going to be Court of Owls, which I love that storyline. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, we got it. We got the little teasers at Fandom. We get they did that little gameplay segment where we could actually watch them play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're getting this, and I can't wait. I'm a, I actually have a video game on my to put on my calendar now that I'm waiting for. This is it. So you, to be honest, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I haven't been pumped about a video game in a long time. Like I I honestly haven't even bought the last Call of Duty. I know I'm behind on the game sphere. I still only have an Xbox One. I'm a loser. I'm sorry. Um, me too so but i am highly anticipating this game i think the storyline's interesting batman's dead it's not connected to arkham it's not connected to anything else um the designs of the characters still have not won me over outside of robin i already have the robin action figure you know i've sent you the picture i actually think that's a really cool design but i think everyone else design uh to put it bluntly sucks (laughs) especially the red hood design i think it's horrible but if the game's fun, I'm not going to complain about the video game design. You know, like I like, like Injustice 2, I think everyone's design for the most part is really bad, but the game's too much fun to play to complain about that. So I am looking forward to it. It'd be cool. Like I'm really kind of wondering, like I've ne- outside of that little add-on for uh, Arkham Knight, Batgirl never really had like a real Batgirl experience. True. Uh, Red Hood, same thing. Uh, I would like to play a full game as Nightwing. So like, that's, that's kind of what's drawing me in. Like, Oh cool. Like this is in Gotham. There are other characters on the Batman. Like, am I going to get to ride the Batmobile with as Robin that for me <laughs> as a Batman fanboy? that's kind of like a cool little question that I would like answered. Um, maybe the Redbirds in it, whether it's uh, Tim Drake's car True. or if it's Chris O'Donnell's motorcycle, I'd be excited either way. So, you know, but again, like highly anticipating a video game. I haven't really had that much anticipation for a video game in a very long time. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I hope uh, I can afford an Xbox Series X at some point. Make it a bundle, right? Make it a bundle. uh, I've never bought a bundle, but that would be enticing. Also, like, I have nowhere to put it. Like, my Xbox One is like this. It's like an old school VCR, right? It's just like this flat rectangle, whereas the Series X is like a computer tower yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. like well that's not gonna fit where i ha- like where am i gonna put this thing <laughs> so i got some figuring out to do but hopefully by then uh you know i'll know what to do yeah this is this is going to be uh i i'm really really looking forward to this game it's i remember everyone was upset we're not getting a batman title but uh i feel like we've had so many of those now we have this and it's gonna be fun to play with these characters and uh play with a superman game like <laughs> we, we haven't had a superman that, game since superman returns <laughs> right i remember that game too and how difficult it was to fly and how i would like, i that's the only part of the game i enjoy to be honest like i don't want like at the end of the game i think you fight like a, if i remember properly it's a giant tornado but uh superman returns uh the best part of that game was flying around metropolis which was well, i can't cool get stories right for superman except superman and lois why can't they <laughs> They just do Superman right. Anyway, hey, they're doing uh, it right on the small screen. That's what I said. Oh man, screen. I've I finally caught up on Superman and Lois, and man, do I love that show. Yeah, we'll do when this season's <sighs> over. We'll do a. We're we'll gonna do have a, to. Yeah, we'll do so a show good. on the on the whole season because it has been a fantastic season, and I'm very very much enjoying. It's it. no Batwoman, but it's pretty damn good. Oh Jesus! You always have to. We have to. You have to get your Batwoman drop it. Shout show. out to my girl Ryan Wilder, boy. <laughs> I love her. I love Ryan. Shout out. All right. But sticking in the CW, 
I mentioned we get a Gotham Knights video game and we're getting a Gotham Knights series. So we actually have a couple of casting. Fallon Smythe and Tyler DeCara, sorry. Smythe will play Harper Roe Bluebird. Um, so that's a very, very cool, cool um addition, as we know. Bluebird's a, a big deal. And Dakar will play Cullen Rowe. Um, characters described as a transgender teen who, after years of being abused from a parent, is ready to defend himself. So here we go. I don't know either of these actors, so I apologize. Uh, I have not seen any of their work. But I do like that they're building out this show. I do like that they're targeting it towards a certain audience. Um, it has the same writers as Batwoman. So, Pete, it should Love be it. something up your I'm alley. I'm so excited for this. As anyone who listens to the Batman Book Club knows, I love Bluebird. She's one of my favorite Batman characters who has been MIA for the last couple of years. Uh, I believe she was introduced uh, not too long ago via Scott Snyder. Uh, just really cool character. She's a tech whiz. She, you know, and she, I'm just, I'm ecstatic. Like, she's the main reason I've been picking up that Joker title was for the Bluebird backish backstory. And uh, I just couldn't be more excited that Bluebird's finally going to get some sort of on screen appearance. Like, I think it's long overdue. Um, I can't wait to see what the costume looks like and how she's interpreted. And I can't wait to see her trademark blue hair. Just, Big fan of Bluebird. I'm I, I'm I'm really excited for this, and the fact that coming off of season three of Batwoman, which I think was just so above and beyond expectations that anyone could possibly have had for that show, uh, to, to know the I believe I believe it's Natalie Abrams is you know show running uh, in charge of the writers room. Like just complete confidence. I can't wait to see what she has in store for us. And her and her team did a great job on season three. Like I said, of Batwoman. So this is just good news. Um, Especially with everything looming over the CW, like is it gonna is this gonna continue? Are they moving everything over to HBO Max? Is is it up for sale and whatnot? Like it's cool to see they're just kind of going about business as usual. Like, and uh, you know we're still gonna try to put out stuff, and if somebody buys us out and they cancel it, then so be it. But it's nice to know that they're they're going about you know just every day like you know no, there's nothing crazy going on. Yeah, I am. Um... I'm going to give this a shot. I will give this one a shot. Uh, like I gave Batwoman a shot. Season three. Uh, I will give this one a shot. shot, definitely. And we will see where it goes. But uh, I'm interested just to to dive into this world a little bit more. Uh, the non-Batman CW world. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, you know, in, getting, in the so. show, it's like Bruce Wayne's been murdered. So it's like an adoptive son. Uh, it's not Tim Drake. It's not Dick Grayson. It's not Jay. So it's, it's, it seems like it's a new character. Um, and I was like, okay, this is, you guys are doing your own thing. It doesn't connect to the greater CW, which could be a a fantastic thing. Um, it's worked wonders for Superman and Lois to kind of the freedom, uh, to not really connect to other continuities. So we'll see Mm -hmm. what they can come up with here. Yep. So guys check, look forward to that. And you're going to do the reviews for Batman on film for Gotham Knights. Yeah. Um, maybe if I like yeah, it, he's got it. Okay. Book it, put it in the books. If, Eric's, if all right. I like, if I like it, he's going to do it. Put it in the books. Eric's reviewing Gotham no. Knights, Batman on film, write it down. You heard it on the show first. Uh, any complaints go to finally E 33 at com. That's right. That's right. It's official. It's official. And Bill's listening. Right. It's official. Eric's got a gig. I just booked Eric. Uh, We're good. We're good. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. 
Um, more casting news, and this time in an animated show. Uh, obviously, if you guys aren't watching Harley Quinn yet, and you're of age, <laughs> you should be watching it. It's a fantastic cartoon. Um, I, Pete watched it first, then I got on it and watched it, and it's really, really spectacular. Oh, really, so you really do good. listen to my recommendations? Of course. Except of course for I Batwoman. Do. Interesting. So, yeah. Because I watched Batwoman before you did. And we both agreed that season one was trash. Season three <laughs> is a different ballgame. Oh, God. Anyway, back to Harley Quinn casting. Um, a guy is going to be on the show that I never thought would be on the show. Um, James Gunn, <gasps> apparently, is going to have a special guest appearance on Harley Quinn, and he'll be playing himself. <laughs> That's very meta. So, right? So uh, this is awesome. Um, Gunn, anytime I can get this guy at anything, I, you know. Um, I would, I'll have it. He's just a really, really good guy. Um, and I love all of his, his work. So this is what he says on Twitter. He revealed the news. He said, I've been holding this info for a while as an enormous fan of the show. It's an incredible honor. Uh, and then he did, <laughs> he had a little postscript. I don't know where it got, got with a postscript that said, PS, my Thomas Wayne biopic is going to be a masterpiece. <laughs> Who knows what kind of of drama a biopic of Bruce Wayne's his father and reason for going batty will stir. So, Pete, what do you think? James Gunn on Harley Quinn, knowing the show as we know it. Perfect, this, right? This is going to be insane. Like, yes. We have no idea what's going to go on here. It's it, You wonder if there's going to be any references to the Suicide Squad. Right? Like, it, it, the possibilities are endless. Who knows? Maybe Harley is on the set for suicide squad too. And James is the director. Like, I don't know what possibly could be, but I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. Like anything though, that those, that, that those guys want to do over at Harley Quinn HQ. Like I'm all for it. Cause that show is just absolutely insane. It's a ball of laughs. It's two seasons of just complete and utter perfection for Harley Quinn. So I have full faith in everyone involved in this project. Exactly, which is why the next news is something for us even to look forward to even more. Harley Quinn. Now, when I before I watched the show, you had mentioned this character said Eric. He's probably the best, my favorite thing of the show. And you're correct. He is arguably the favorite. Him and um, Clayface are two of my yeah, favorites. They're great. But yeah, but Kite Man is getting a spinoff, and the show is going to be called Noonan's, which of course revolves around Noonan's Bar. Um. Same showrunner, Patrick Shoemaker. I think that's how you say his last name. I believe it's Shoemaker. I was saying Shoemaker. Right. It's just spelled differently, so I'm not sure. But um, this is a little bit of a breakdown. It says he tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy. We have Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode, but after that we have different goons and villains appearing every episode like Lex Luthor and Bane. It will kind of be like cheers for supervillains. So Rick Shoe. He's going to love it. He's going to love this. He's going to love this. He might actually right? watch this one instead of having a hot take with a running emoji. So, <laughs> uh, well, love that. Love that little shot there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you think, man? What do you think? Obviously, you love Kite, man. So, what do you think this is going to do? How, how are you looking forward to this? What's your deal? Like, I'm, like, I'm envisioning, like, animated It's Always Sunny. You know, just insane right. adventures. The bar is just, like, the meeting place. You know, like anything's possible. So, uh, like again, same team that's involved in the Harley Quinn. Full confidence. Can't wait for it. Maybe James will show up in Kite Man as well. Uh, so just, just really excited. Like, wow. Like, uh, 
again, like who asked for this? Nobody, but guess what? I'm all ready for it. You know, like, yeah. if you told me four years ago that at some point I'm getting a kite man spinoff show, I'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, like just, or a peacemaker show. Or, yeah. And again, like no. who asked for this? Nobody, but I'm all in on it. Bring it to me. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. This, his character is so awesome. Um, just a ball of laughs. Yes, it, it's he's great. So, and then the you feel for him too. Like, yes. it's not just he's not he's a joke. Yeah, but like when he gets like stood up by Ivy <laughs> during yeah. the all day, you're kind of like, I feel bad for you. You actually loved Ivy, and she ditched you. You know, like <laughs> as crazy as the show is, there's a lot of heart in there. No, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, he's kind of like vigilante a little bit. Um, That's a good comparison. He's yeah. right? Like they're kind of very similar characters, but fantastic again if you're not watching harley quinn you need to be watching it and then you will see why pete and i are looking forward to kite back because it's it's a fantastic show oh it's going to be a fantastic show i'm I'm already convinced so sticking in dc a little bit more casting news we know we're getting a blue beetle film and they have added a slew of people to the cast so we are getting um george lopez Mm -hmm. adriana barraza elpidia carrillo and damian alcazar they have all joined the cast of blue beetle so Lopez is playing the role of Uncle Rudy. Barraza is playing Nana. Carrillo is playing Rocio and Alcazar is playing Alberto. So that is the family, obviously, of um, Jaime. Jaime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Zolo Marduena, of course, from Cobra Kai, he's playing Jaime Reyes in the lead role. So. Pete, what do you think uh, with the casting of all these actors? I know, like looking at them, uh, their pictures, I know obviously George Lopez, but um, what do you think of the casting? Uh, I mean, I'm again, just really pumped to see this movie. Uh, Blue Beetle is just, he's a very underrated character. So the fact that he's getting a, a, a big screen adaptation is great. Um, for me, I, I'm just excited to just keep going. I love the news. I mean, I'm a big fan of George Lopez. Uh, I think he's hilarious. So I'm curious to what he'll bring to the role. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see if he's going to be more of comic relief or if he's going to kind of show his range and, and do a little bit more serious stuff. So just a lot of interesting news. Just bring it on again. Like I, I'm, I'm so interested. I can't wait to see like concept art and just ideas, maybe like kind of like a synopsis, just kind of read what the movie's about. But it's all positive for me. Just really looking forward to to this Blue Beetle film. Yeah, me too. This is one of those titles that uh, I don't know much about the character, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how they portray him. I know there's been various versions, a couple versions of the character, but I don't really know a lot about him. So looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing uh, this cast, this really talented cast they're putting together. And uh, let's see what happens. Uh, Again, no one was asking for a Blue Beetle series, I don't think, but we're getting one. So lots of fun there. Lots of fun. Uh, the final topic we're going to discuss um, is Eric stuff. I'm keeping the Eric stuff for last. Um, so if you guys have been watching uh, either the Mandalorian or if you watch the book of Boba Fett, you know that Luke Skywalker has been back and his, the actor's name is Grant Feely, who's been playing him. And he got the ultimate endorsement from, of course, Mark Hamill. Uh who will be playing a young Luke Skywalker in Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. A uh, sorry show. So I'm really looking forward to to this show now that Mark Hamill that's got to be an awesome feeling for this kid who probably doesn't even know Mark Hamill. <laughs> but 
no, he's not other than he's Luke Skywalker to get the actual guy who played him for all these years to be to endorse you. Uh, it's going to be really fun. He, this kid is an adorable little kid too. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But for as Eric's long as stuff, you're happy, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, of course I'm happy. This is is Rick uh, happy? Does Rick care? Has Rick does Rick know about this? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> seen him. I haven't seen him message about this, which is kind he's of been surprising. too busy talking about uh, Batman sixty six being on an island, whatever the <laughs> hell that means. Oh boy, his takes, man, on so <laughs> many things. We love you, Rick. But some of your takes are just. Oh God! I don't know where God they come from half Jen. the time. God be bless her. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll be seeing him next Rick. week. In fact, so. Oh God, he's coming! He better, <laughs> I, I'm, I'll tell you what—I'm bringing a bunch of potatoes. He's making me mashed potatoes in his hotel room. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe they got a suite where they have a little, like one of those efficiency suites. I'm bringing where they an easy have bake a- oven. I don't get. <laughs> I'm getting these damn mashed potatoes. He should bring some. He should bring some from. Can from you bring Texas. mashed potatoes on a plate? <laughs> Why not? Can you do that? You can't. You, you can't bring a bottle of Dude. water through an airport. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. He's gonna but, bring mashed potatoes. <laughs> Dude, my nephew just this completely. Uh, well, it's kind of related to. It is related to Star Wars. My nephew, my sister, recently they went to Disney World, and my nephew made the lightsaber. He got one of the lightsabers that you can make there. Nice, good for him. And the hilt of it. I went over there the other day, and the hilt of this lightsaber, dude. It's like. So heavy. I'm like, how? He, I'm surprised he could pick it up. He's only, <laughs> I'm like, what is this crap? But he was telling me. they're like, expensive. Yeah, it's over $200. Yeah, no. <laughs> to get this thing made. God, you no. say no. The guy who I know spends all this money on merch. Not on a lightsaber. Maybe well, a battery. Well, not for you, but for someone who likes Star Wars. Like for me, I would do it. Um, You know, I just would. But. I'm, I would just think the weight of this thing. And I'm like, how did you get it? He's like, oh, we just packed it in the, the bag. And my brother-in-law is like, no, Eric, we like wrapped it up and stuff. And <laughs> he's like, I wrapped it all these other, all this clothes. He's like, just to get it in the suitcase so that we That's wouldn't have so a problem. Funny. But yeah, man, I'm telling you, this thing was so heavy. I'm like, Jake, how do you carry this thing? It's, I could carry it, but he's only 11 years old. <laughs> like, what do you He'll grow into it? Yeah. So all right, that was just a little bit of news. Uh, about to continue with Star Wars, so and putting things on planes. I don't know about the mashed potatoes. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens with the mashed potatoes. Uh, but you're right, man. That was disappointing. If no, and Rick, he might potatoes. just take a limousine from Texas to New York. <laughs> oh, I hope he listens to this episode. I really he do. He doesn't listen. We need to tell him to just for this one. I'd rather no. I'd rather him find out by surprise. Right. Have everyone else. You think you know how I know Rick doesn't listen because we talk about him almost every show, and he never, he never says anything. That's a very good point. You are correct. That's an awesome point. All right. Well, we're at the end of this one. So, uh, Pete, let them know where they can find you and all, everything you got going on. Uh, you can find me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite social platform, Vero at Pete Illustrated. Uh, you can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to now, straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast that I co-host with the infamous dynamic duo of Chicago. That is Nicholas and Nico Caruso at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Follow my, uh, read my reviews of Detective Comics, uh, Batman of Film.com and Batwoman as well as Batman of Film.com. 
Uh, check out my tour reviews on Batman on Film YouTube. I got interviews with Michael Uslan on Batman on Film YouTube, uh, Tara Strong as well. Check out at Team Yellow Oval as we just are just gearing up for the Flash movie and its new release date. And uh, we're just pumped about the Yellow Oval coming back in titles such as Batman and the new title, uh, uh, World's Finest. I think it's World's Finest. I forget. There's a new Batman Superman book out. Uh, so check that out. That's great. And it's got the 89 oval. So really pumped about that. The 89 ovals back in comics and that's exciting. Uh, and just, just check me out social media. I'm all over the place. I'm making a lot of inside jokes on the Batman film Facebook group. You know, I'm just oozing out everywhere I go. So just, I guess you could say I'm oozing, oozing wow. confidence about the Batman. So there we go. <laughs> I'm sure I forgot something. I got sidetracked. Once you, once I start talking about Uxus, like everything just everything falls to the wayside. Like nothing else matters. Shout out to my main man, Ray Porter. Love you. Love your voice. Uh, you're my hero. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't worry. If you if you if you go do a Google search for at Pete Illustrated, you could find Pete all over the place. Uh, maybe even his name. If you know his last name, I won't say it on air. Like he says it on air, so that's it's fine. Uxus. It's Uxus. Peter yes. Uxus. Right. So. Go, it's Italian. Yes, you'll find him. Um, he's all over the place. Pete's Pete's got a really big presence in this space. So guys, check him out all over the place. You can find me as well on Twitter. I find Elite Thirty Three. Spell Finale Thirty Three. Uh, you can look out for my new uh, Knicks podcast coming, all nicked up, where I discuss the, the plight of the New York Knicks. That's how I'm going to um, talk about it now, because there's nothing good that ever ha- seems to happen for us or sustained goodness anyway. That seems to happen for us. So, so, uh, I'm going to do, it's just the plight, uh, with, with me, the three of my other Nick fan friends who we, we kind of discuss this stuff every day in a chat. So I was like, dude, let's just do it on a podcast and see where it goes. So we're going to be Are doing you guys that. complaining. It's, it's more analytical complaining, I guess. It's the best way I can explain it. But, uh, yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's based on, it's very sports talk radio, just like this show is. It's going to be very much that kind of a feel. So, uh, we will be having fun with that and or crying with that. However, um, whatever mood we're in that time, at specific time, you <laughs> you will you'll hear it. You'll get it. Uh, you can also check out all the stuff I've done on Batman on film. I have articles there, interviews with um, Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine, um, Rachel Scarsden from from Pete's favorite show, Batwoman. Megan Amen. Candy as well. Uh, there's a, a couple um, interviews there from that that great show and that great time we had at um, um when we covered when we could cover comic con <laughs> before the pandemic uh all the all the materials up there and uh good guy goes go check that out and then come yell at me afterwards i always like the discussion please yell at him please yes. come back i love to me. it the more come people back, that yeah. fight always with come back and yell at me uh, uh com- complaints come to me everything comes to me for the batman book club as well complaints come to me <laughs> so that's right come, come at me guys I, I enjoy having discussions and and um, interacting with our fans it's fun it's one of the reasons why i do this so i'm very very you know wanting uh wanting that interaction wanting that stuff Okay, so for Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next time. Booyah!